Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat, the podcast where we take animals you see every day, animals you've heard of, and animals you didn't know existed, and break them down in a single episode. Our goal as animal lovers is to spread knowledge and awareness about the creatures we share this floating rock with. We hope you learn something new. Hello and welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat. I'm Jack. I'm Julia. And what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about the North American wild pig. So the wild pig does have a couple of nicknames, um, one of which is the wild boar or feral swine and more Americanisms for it are the razorback and wild hog. And we want to specify specify North American wild pigs because wild pigs are pretty much on every continent. Uh, It usually starts because of uh domesticated pigs just getting loose and then going feral we want to differentiate though these are not warthogs warthogs and wild pigs are very different warthogs are their own distinct species uh they are pigs but they are their own distinct species and then as for where it's found uh you can guess it's found in the americas uh specifically the kind that we're going to be talking about is actually found in america and australia because of uh, British colonialism, uh, when a lot of uh, British pl- uh, went to go c- uh, colonize the Americas as well as Australia, they brought these pigs along with them, uh, and they would either get loose or they would intentionally let them loose to uh, grow their population and it'd be a stable food source. Um, but as for North America, which is what we will be primarily talking about, uh, specifically in the United States, uh, wild pigs have been reported in at least 45 different states, uh, ranging from the southeast all the way to the northwest. Uh, where they're really not found is like the upper northwest of America. Some have even been documented as being found in Canada as well. So wild pigs, you can kind of guess what they look like when you think of pigs. Um, but more specific description is they're not as lean and chunky as normal pigs that you would think of. They're more slender and muscular because they're wild and they roam free. Um, and that's the way that they live. And they do have relatively long hair um, that is very, very coarse and tough in texture. It's not very fun to, you know, pet a wild pig, which I don't recommend. Um, but it mostly covers their stomach, chest, and back. Um, and it's very patchy along their legs and on their head and their nose and areas like that. And they do have relatively small eyes compared to their body. Um, and it's because they mostly rely on their sense of smell and their sense of hearing when it comes to um, hunting and detecting predators and things like that. And then they also have anywhere from one to two sets of tusks on the side of their nose that kind of uh, curls out around their upper lip and jaw um, that they use for protection as well as hunting. And then as for color, uh, they range in a bunch of different colors. Uh, They tend to be a more uh, neutral muted uh, colors like gray, black, brown, and tan. And then as for size, they can stand between two to four feet tall. And that's like that. As we've talked with quadrupeds before, that tallness, the height is at the shoulder. So they stand two to four feet tall at the shoulder and they can have a length anywhere from three to six feet. 
And then as for weight, they can weigh anywhere uh, from about 170, and some have been even known to get into the 300s, uh, and that's in pounds. And then as for what it eats, uh, feral pigs are opportunistic omnivores. So about 80 to nine, 85 to 90% of their diet is plant matter with the remainder being animals. So we said opportunistic, which means they pretty much just eat whatever they can find. Um, and they are known to do something called wallowing and rutting. So they use their tusks and really strong uh, noses and uh, mouths to kind of dig up plants. And when they dig them up, they are like uprooting them. They are completely ripping them out of the ground. So plants have a really hard time regenerating. So uh, these pigs are basically just destroying ecosystems as they're going around eating. And then as for the meat they eat, uh, it tends to be small animals, mostly invertebrates like insects and worms, but they do also eat some vertebrates such as wild turkey poults, toads, tortoises, and the eggs of reptiles and birds. Now, when it comes to their predators, when these pigs are full grown, they pretty much don't have any predators. Um, they do not want to mess with these pigs and they are very mean. So predators usually take them when they're uh, piglets, uh, the babies. Uh, and these predators are, include bobcats and coyotes, um, as well as uh, things like the Florida panther, wolves, uh, cougars, alligators, and bears. Now, when it comes to mating, we don't have a ton of information. Um, we do still have some uh, general information about them. There is no male courtship. Uh, however, male-to-male combat for mating rights is very common with these pigs. A sow, um, which is a female wild pig, they can become pregnant as early as six months old and give birth to multiple litters of piglets yearly. Um, the sow usually uh, gives birth anywhere from one to 12 piglets, and the gestation period lasts somewhere between four to six months. So they are usually able to have up to two litters a year uh, just due to the gestation period and uh, them having to milk the babies afterwards. Um, but they have these piglets pretty much until they are physically unable to, which just means when they're older and they can't do it anymore. And this is one of the reasons that their population grows so rapidly. And then once the piglets are born, they will nurse on the sow. Uh, until they're able to scavenge for their own food by themselves. And they typically have a lifespan of 9 to 10 years, but there have been ones that have gotten all the way up to 15 years in the wild. And these pigs are known to travel and scavenge for food in herds. Uh, we don't know exactly the dynamic of these herds, but it's most likely families, uh, most specifically the mothers and the daughters with the males most likely joining other herds as they grow up. And here's where things uh, get a little different compared to other episodes that we've or almost every episode we've done. So the estimated population size of the North American wild pig is estimated at over 6 million and rapidly expanding. Um, and I say this is different because um, it's actually a problem. Uh, wild pigs are a huge problem to many ecosystems. Like I said earlier in the episode, they were brought here by colon, uh, by colonizers and they were meant to be like a stable food source. Uh, what they did not uh, foresee and plan was how well the pigs would adapt to the environment and how destructive they would be to their own environments. I had mentioned earlier how the uh, pig will eat the plants and how it kind of like uproots them and completely destroys the plant. Well, American plants were not prepared for that because there wasn't really any animals like this in North America. Uh, pigs were brought here. Pigs were do not naturally uh, occur in North America before they were brought here. So the plants hadn't grown used to that. So the vegetation doesn't grow back once these pigs just completely destroy it. 
And I mentioned earlier that these pigs, um, things do not mess with them. They are very mean and defensive and territorial um, and will pretty much attack anything that it sees as a threat, which is almost anything that it looks at pretty much. So they have no natural predators in North America um, unless they're piglets, like I mentioned. Um, so that's another reason their population just keeps expanding is because there's no uh, food chain when it comes to them. They are the top predator. And usually we talk about, um, you know, conservation when it comes to animals and how we're protecting them. But like we said, they are a huge problem in North America and they are actually paid to be hunted and killed. And as Julie said, they are paid to be hunted and killed. A lot of states in North in the United States actually have an open season on them. So what that means is if you basically see one, it does not matter what season it is. You do not have to have tags. It's pretty much you can kill the pigs because of how devastating they are to our ecosystems, not only for the vegetation, but also other animals. Uh, because they are eating a lot of these plants, it's depriving other species of animals, native species, of that food source. And that pretty much wraps up all the um, the main facts we have on the uh, the North American wild pig. So we do have some interesting facts that go along with these pigs. Uh, for example, there have been many species of pigs introduced to America by uh, Spanish, by English, by Russian uh, settlers. So that we have multiple pigs and they've just been uh, crossbreeding essentially because they're able to crossbreed. So we have all these different hybrids across the United States. Uh, and they also will breed with domestic pigs that escape or they'll get into the enclosures and they'll breed with them. So we have these hybrids uh, all across the country of all these different pig species that have been introduced over the years. Another fact about these wild pigs is that they are feral. Uh, and what this means is that um, when the English settlers br brought over the pigs, they were domesticated livestock pigs. And what we have today is years and years and years of this pig growing and changing to its environment to uh, look and act completely different. Um, so it is a feral population of these once domesticated livestock pigs from Europe. Another fun fact about these pigs um, is that they are extremely dangerous to people, um, particularly when these pigs travel together and they've just had babies, so they're extra defensive of these piglets, um, but they should be avoided at all costs. There have been over 100 documented attacks by feral pigs on humans in the United States between 1825 and 2012. And of these attacks, five have actually been fatal attacks by these pigs. And it's not just one kind of pig doing these attacks. There have been documentation of male and female feral pigs attacking. Um, and it's uh, solitary male or females that can attack as well as them in groups. So it's all of these wild pigs are very, very dangerous. And we've mentioned over and over how much of a problem, uh, the wild pigs are here in North America and the United States. Uh, and they've even reached all the way up to the Southern prairies in Canada. Uh, as of 2013, they had an estimated population of 6 million in the United States, and it is estimated that they cost billions of dollars in property and agricultural damage every year. And this ecological damage that they uh, inflict is extremely problematic uh, with 26% lower vertebrate species richness in forest fragments that they have invaded. And this is because of how they eat their food. They are uprooting these plants where they cannot grow back. And because they are omnivorous, they are also preying on smaller animals as well. 
and it's so bad in Texas that they have said that they have to uh, uh, they have to hunt 66% of the population, two-thirds of the population of feral pigs in the state just to keep the population somewhat under control and keep it from skyrocketing. And then the last fact that we have about the North American wild pigs is that they have become very popular in pop culture. So are there numerous references to them and um, movies and TV shows, and there's even a TV show um, in the United States about people that will kill these boars for money, and that is their life, that is their lifestyle. Um, and there is even a college um, in the United States, it's the University of Arkansas, and it has a Razorback as its mascot. And that is about all we have on the North American wild pig. Um, thank you for tuning in. Um, we want to let you know to stay away from these pigs. They are bad, so don't go near these pigs. But tune in next week or where we'll be talking about the fairy penguin. I'd also like to thank my friend, the musical artist known as Shades, for creating this amazing intro and outro for this podcast. I highly recommend checking out his other work.